Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, August 5th, 2021. Nobody wants to worry. Now, that's not a distinctively Christian thing, this idea that we should not worry. Even uh, Stevie Wonder, Bob Marley, they will all tell you, hey, don't, don't worry about a thing. But the Bible commands us to not be anxious. And as we're reminded that we get that thought of don't worry from all over. Yes, it's in scripture. It's also in, cult- in our culture as well. But I think, how do we not worry? That's where we're really going to have to lean into the Bible uh, to figure out, okay, nobody wants to worry, but how can I make that a reality in my own life? How can I be anxious for nothing? And we'll get to that familiar biblical command in Philippians chapter 4, but as we consider how do I be anxious for nothing, I think we're going to need to start not necessarily by asking how or even by asking what, as in what do I do? But I want us to start by asking who? Who am I trusting in? Because ultimately, I think that is going to make the biggest difference in how you can actually not be anxious. So instead of starting in Philippians 4, we'll get there next. Let's start with Psalm 91. Psalm 91 verses 9 through 16. And just a reminder for context as we divide up some of these psalms, it started by saying, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And so that's the setting for the psalm. But today we pick it up in verse 9, where it says, Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So there, it describes the character of God. And we talk about, as it said in in verse 2 of the psalm, what we say to God, my refuge and my fortress, well, we get a little bit more of what that looks like today for God to be our refuge and our fortress, that he will protect us. Now, again, you, you might instantly think of, well, didn't I hear about, you know, what about martyrs and, you know, what about Christians I know that get cancer and, and die as if, you know, the Every Christian ever that trusts in God is going to live a long, full life. No, we still live in a fallen world. But I I would say even in those situations, consider how God provides deliverance even then. Consider the godly people you know that have died of cancer and the courage and help God gave them all the way along the way. And then we know that for them, death was not the end, that they are with the Lord right now. So instead of focusing on those exceptions, though, let's also focus on all the incredible examples we have throughout history of amazing ways that God has helped his people. Think of your own life and the ways that God has helped you. 
and the things he has helped you to overcome or the times where he has rescued you or he has been with you in trouble or he has answered your prayers. We serve a God who promises to never leave or forsake his people. And that is a great thing. And unless we are leaning on that promise, there's no way we're not going to be anxious. So we need to start by thinking this question of how do I not be anxious by really leaning into, well, who am I trusting in? And there's even some instructive thoughts for us there as well. It talks about the angels, they will bear you up on, you know, as we often sing on eagles wings, you know, this idea, it says, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Uh, that that there's ways we can even refuse God's help. Or it says in verse uh, 14, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. So we should, on some level, on our end, say, hey, I'm trusting God to take care of all the things in my life that I can't figure out and to protect me in the ways that I need protection. But what I'm going to focus on doing is not necessarily fixing all my problems. I'm going to focus on holding fast in love to my heavenly father. And so that's where we want to start this morning as we consider how to not be anxious. It's really going to start with a who. But now let's get to that familiar command that we're going to read now in Philippians 4 and verses 1 through 9. And of course, the familiar command comes in verse 6, where it says, do not be anxious about anything. So right there in the Bible, it is commanding you. Do not be anxious about anything. And that's going to have to start by our trust in God. And even we should have a joy in the Lord that starts, we see in verse four, another familiar command, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now, again, notice there it says rejoice in the Lord. So it's right for us to start with the who question. But we'll also get a little more of the how question here as we look at verse six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And uh, there we see, well, how do I not be anxious? Well, don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. Is there something that comes along that does cause you to be anxious? And I do think we need to differentiate slightly here that um, I think when we're commanded, don't worry, don't be anxious. It's really, I think, talking about there comes a moment where we start freaking out. We kind of cross a line of, okay, this is concerning me to I'm freaking out about this. And we kind of even give into that desire. There's going to be things that tempt us to be anxious. We're not going to be able to remove all stress um, from our lives. But what we do want to remove is when we start freaking out because of that stress. And so when something comes along that wants to cause us to be anxious, instead of freaking out about it, we need to pray about it. And I love that it says to pray with thanksgiving. And I think if we really believe in Psalm 91, we should be able to come to God. When, when something comes up today in your life and you're like, oh no, what am I going to do about this? Go to God and say, God, thank you for how you've always been there for me. Thank you for how you've answered prayers in my life time and time again. Thank you for all the promises that you have made. And now, God, 
this thing came up, or I just got this phone call, or this text, or this email, or and I'm starting to worry about that. God, would you please help me with this situation? Would you help me to trust you? Uh, God, would you help me to have wisdom through this situation? And may you lead me through it and and show me what, what I should do. And God, would you help resolve the situation? That's how we should approach God in prayer. And to keep ourselves from being anxious, we are going to have to police our own thoughts. Verse 8 is an important reminder. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so many times when we want to be anxious, we start going down the what if road um, and we just start freaking out about all these hypothetical situations. And guess what? It fails the first test. Those aren't true. We don't even know that those things are going to happen, but we, we start living there in our minds. Or lots of times we get anxious because we're just focused on the wrong things. We live in a world that has a lot of problems and now we have technology like we've never had before. And so one kind of, there's upsides to that for sure. I mean, you're probably listening to this podcast right now on some kind of smartphone, but one downside is, is we live in a world where there is so much bad and so much chaos and so much confusion. Now we have more access to the bad, to the chaos, to the confusion than we've ever had before. If we wanted to, we could spend, spend all day just looking at different things in the world that are just messed up and just kind of getting frustrated more and more about that and even more and more concerned about that. And we have to admit that there's a level to which we should all be concerned about the world around us. We have to understand though that sometimes that level of concern and even our focus on that concern can reach unhealthy places that just lead us more and more into anxiety and being worried about what's going on in the world. Where yes, let's be aware, let's be concerned, but let's also remember God is on the throne. And honestly, if we are spending more time looking at the news or looking at social media than we are talking to God in prayer, we're going to be anxious. But if we are taking what we see in the news and taking concerning things that we see on social media and we're running to God and lifting our requests up to him with thanksgiving, that's going to to help us not be anxious. Well, now let's shift gears away from talking about anxiety and look at a couple other passages, starting in Luke 9, verses 51 through 62. And one thing I want you to note here, remember yesterday we talked about ambition and we talked about the disciples and how they were concerned about somebody who was casting out demons in the name of Christ and they tried to stop him. Well, Today, we see they're going through Samaria because Jesus has set his face to go to Jerusalem, and this one town does not receive him. And so James and John, the, these brothers, the sons of thunder, as they were known, they saw it and they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? And, and Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. I think Both in what we read yesterday where the disciples are, hey, we want to be the greatest or hey, this guy, he was doing it in your name, but he's not, you know, traveling with us or today. Oh, these people rejected you. Let's call down fire from heaven. I think there's a good warning for all of us that sometimes we can uh, get a little overexcited and we, as we seek to follow Christ, can get a little excessively judgmental and even harsh of others. Oh, somebody doesn't agree with me. Call down fire on them. Uh, And Jesus, notice he rebukes them. 
for that because Jesus had set his face to go to Jerusalem to die for those people. And so we need to understand, yes, blessed are those who mourn over sin and we should be frustrated and even upset about things we see going on in the world. But we also want to remember Christ died for the people, even in the news that we see doing sinful things, Christ died for them. And we should always, instead of just simply, we'll call down fire, we should be calling out to God for salvation and repentance uh, for, for many of those that might frustrate us in this life. Finally, let's go to Second Chronicles 35 and 36. We finished the book of Second Chronicles today, and we finished the reign of King Josiah. Now, yesterday we saw just a great time and revival from the Bible during Josiah's reign, but today we see him do something that I think is rightly understood as a bad thing. As he goes to fight Pharaoh, this Egyptian king, um, he The Egyptian king says, God has commanded me to hurry, cease opposing God who is with me, lest he destroy you. And Josiah doesn't listen and he ends up dying. And he's the last good king of the king of Judah. And it's pretty quick downhill after that. And I think one warning we should have is just because things are going well, doesn't always mean they will keep going well. And what I'm trying to get across by saying that is we always need to watch ourselves. We can't let our guard down. In the wake of victory, we can't think, oh, I've got this now, Uh, because then we might start to get proud. We might start to get arrogant, and we might end up doing something that God does not want us to do that will have bad consequences even for those around us. So let's learn that lesson from King Josiah this morning. But let's remember who we're trusting, and whatever causes you to be anxious today, we'll take that and run to this rock, to this refuge that we have in God. Lift it up, be thankful as you do so, and help watch God help you to not be anxious. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.